Good evening, guys. Uh, this is actually our second attempt because uh, our first attempt didn't go through. And what we're doing is uh, I'm trying to get a... Ha, ah, there, it dinged me. It didn't ding me last time. So hopefully this is a good sign. Um, we want... Debbie to get on today. Well, Deb. And Deb is Loki's owner. So uh, hopefully we can get her on. We just had her on, except I couldn't hear anything. You guys could. I couldn't. Um, hey again, Blake. Uh, so we are trying this again to see if we can get um, get her to be able to be heard by me because you guys hearing both of us doesn't do anybody any good. We both need to be able to be heard. Um, so we're going to see how this works. So we're pulling her up right now. Can I hear you? Can you hear me? No. Can you hear me? Oh, no. Can you hear me? I've got you all the way up. I've got my volume all the way up. There you go. <sighs> This is not good. So um, so we will have Deb on at another time whenever we can practice this ahead of time and see how it goes and maybe even record straight to podcast. Uh, So it goes just right there since this is not working out at all. And I don't know why, because we have not had problems in the past and we have done it this way. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately, because people can hear um, both of us, but we can't, I can't hear her. I think she can hear me because she makes the appropriate facial, right? She's nodding right now. Um, but I can't hear a thing, unfortunately. And I'm doing it like pointing to my ears. Like I can't hear you. And she's like, I can't hear you. You don't need to do that. So, so we will try this at another time, Deb. Uh, which stinks because we had something really awesome to talk about guys And what it was that we were going to talk about is uh, this law that they're trying to pass in Florida for service dog uh, for veterans. And Deb explains it much better than I do. So that's why Deb was going to be on. Um, She is also the, um, she is also the, on the board of Hope Service Dogs. So we are going to have her on because she knows this stuff. And you know what I know about laws is less than Schoolhouse Rock teaches because it's been a number of years since I listened to Schoolhouse Rock on how a bill becomes a law. Um, can she type responses? Um, I'm, I'm not going to ask her to do that. So we'll just have her on. We'll practice with this whenever we're done here and see if we can get it where it works. Uh, and like I said, if not, what we'll do is have to have you guys sign on to our podcast, which is How to Train Your Service Dog the Nipopo Way. If you want to hear about this new law that the um, that Florida is trying to push through for veterans, and there are parts of it that are amazing. Uh, however, do all veterans need to have a service dog? I don't know. I mean, if they're all disabled, would you say all veterans are disabled? I wouldn't say that all veterans are disabled. And service dogs are for people who have disabilities. They're not just for anyone who served their government um, and served in the military. So so we were looking into it. It's called PAWS, P-A-W-S. But like I said, we we will talk about it. It will be good. Uh, and you can be there and hear it. So make sure that uh, you tune in because we will keep you all posted on what's going on with it. So that takes care of the last part of tonight. Um, we'll just set it at another point. Um, certifications and registrations and oh my. So you guys want to hear my really good news first? So really good news is I have a workshop this weekend. 
and I'm flying to North Carolina. I was supposed to be flying with Gypsy, uh, and it's on movement, on how to look at a dog, figure out what's going on structurally based on their gait and gait analysis, which is one of my weak points. So I, you know, I'm, I've been so excited to work with Marina Azuna, who is the instructor. I've wanted to work with her for years. And finally, there came a workshop that we could attend because she doesn't do a lot of them. And, uh, and so Karen and I are going and I was going to go with Gypsy. Gypsy came into heat. So we were thinking of pushing her, her breeding cycle, um, you know, because now she's two years old or older. Her temperament's amazing. Her health is amazing. She's been fully health tested. She has all four certifications. Hips and elbows we did on prelim at 22 months old, and I'm fine breeding her on prelims. Eyes and heart, she passed with flying colors in July. So, so she is set to breed. You can look her up on OFA.org. Uh, it is uh, Good Times Dream Dogs Gypsy Storm is her name. Uh, and we were like, so we were going to put it off because I had IACP last month. This month I go and do Marina's movement workshop. And then next month uh, in November, I go to silver school uh, with Bart and Michael again in Missouri. And I was going to bring her then too. So I was really hoping that as soon as we got back from conference, she would go into heat. So she'd be done for this. And we just put off breeding her. Well, she didn't like those plans. And she just came into heat probably over the weekend. Um, you know, she, Rich noticed the blood spots this morning, um, because we do have tile and hardwood floor. She was in here last night and he noticed about half a dozen splits of blood. Uh, it's not carpet, so it's not a big deal. You know, they just come up whenever we mop on Thursdays. Well, when our cleaning girl mops on Thursdays. Um, so she is in heat and we have her baby daddy picked out. Her baby daddy is Aiden for this round. Uh, let me see if I can grab. I have a pedigree that we had done up for them. Uh, Aiden started training with me when he was a puppy puppy. He came to puppy class and oh my gosh, I have pictures of him as a puppy and he's so cute. Um, He's done his service dog training with us. Uh, And so he's got his full health testing done, uh, you know, and he passed all his health testing. She passed all hers. They both have our service dogs. They both have excellent temperaments. We have a picture, a couple pictures too. Whenever she was a puppy and they came out and we we went out and we did an outing together. So this has been something that I'm very excited about. Uh, now, Loki, Deb's dog, um, we might use in the future or we might use with her babies, uh, with the girl that we keep. Uh, but we are breeding this round. So I'm very excited. I've never bred dogs before. Um, we had a litter of puppies whenever I was a youngin because we had adopted a dog from the shelter who, <laughs> she was pregnant. So, yeah, Larissa just said, I can't wait to see Little Goldens. It's going to be fluffy butt central, Larissa. It's going to be so much fun. So we figure if she gets knocked up the beginning of October, it's a two-month gestation. So November, December is whenever she should give birth, beginning, middle of December. And then January, February is when they should go home. And that's really good considering the end of February, we have our service dog school for four days here. Um so that should all work out timing-wise really well. And then I think in April we go to um, Nipopo Silver or Nipopo Gold again. <clears throat> so, yeah, so that's our exciting news for Gypsy. Um, we are looking at puppy culture and Avidog. I think we're going to start with puppy culture because that seems like the easiest to process. And I need easy to process in the beginning. So we're going to, I think, start with puppy culture. And... Um, do this litter that way. We're going to do the early neurological simulation. 
Uh, we are going to raise them in the Nipopo way. So that's one of the things whenever I go to Silver School again, I get to, we're going early and we're staying late. So we get to spend time with Jackie, who raises these amazing Alagata Romano truffle dogs. And uh, so we're going to talk to her about uh, how to raise dogs in the Nipopo way really well. Um, because that's what we want. We want them coming to you with that clicker already charged, already starting on some of the the how to figure things out. I'm um, not necessarily the sit and look and and down and focus, but you know how to figure things out, how to think. And yes, you do have to teach dogs how to think. Um, they should come decent on a leash. They should come, you know, being okay in a crate on their own. Um, so our goal with these puppies is to have the best puppies out there ever. Um, so yeah, so we're super excited. Um, Terry just said, so who are you taking with you now? It'll be candy. Um, so we, she, I mean, she flew over here from Serbia, right? And and this is not going to be anywhere near as long as a plane trip. And we're going with Holstein and Karen as well. So she'll, she's been out with Holstein before. Um, she has to be crated while there and she's okay in a crate until the new dog comes in and she wants to bark at him to go outside and play. Um, so hopefully she'll be good. And then the other thing that uh, Marina asked for is that the dogs will lay on their side. Well, that's what we're working on this week because uh, I was expected to take Gypsy who will lay on her side really well for anybody. But Candy's more like I will down, but I want to be a mobility dog and stand at your side because that's what I've been taught as a show dog is not to down down as the devil. So, uh, so we'll see how she does. Um, but Django, he's not ready for uh, for it. And uh, and so we figured it'd be a good one for Candy to go to. Uh, I can add it to her training log with the hours that she's putting in with it, which is good. And uh, depending on how she does, if she does amazing, then she'll get to come to Silver School. Um, hopefully Gypsy will be knocked up by then. So, yay. I'm excited. But, yeah, that's our super fun, exciting news is we should have puppies by the end of the year. Uh, which means I have had a lot of people who have messaged me over the last couple of years since we've got her telling me that they're interested in a puppy. So I will be sending out the information to them and see, see how it goes. Uh, we are going to accept deposits whenever, you know, if you want to be sure you get a puppy, I uh, just let me know. Um, but we do that privately. I won't discuss that here. So yeah. Or you can wait until the puppies are born and we know how many we have, but we're not doing anything until there's, there's been a um, a tie, I guess they call it. So, so that's our super good news is puppies are going to be here before the end of the year, which means you guys know how much I share. That means I'm going to be sharing it with you on what you need for, for having your dog, having a service dog, having a pet dog. Because even though we're breeding service dog to service dog and they're awesome temperaments, I'm not silly enough to say all of them are going to be service dogs. I'm hoping all of them are service dogs, but usually each litter has everyone in it. It has the outliers and it has the norms too. So, you know, that bell curve from school, you're going to get that. You're going to get like one fearful one, one dominant one, not aggressive, right? One dominant one. And then mostly in the middle of the road ones. So we'll see how it goes. Um, but if you're interested in, like I said, in a service dog or in a pet dog golden retriever, that is the best. Um, they are not only champion lines. Everyone uses that. Her daddy was like a best in specialty show champion. Um, Aiden's daddy had a whole bunch of champion stuff. So, um, so yeah. And they all have their CGCs and their trick dogs. And I think he has another thing too, but I'm not sure what it is. 
Uh, my thought is if you're going to put that much work into doing um, service dogging, that's the best that you can do, right? Uh, service dog and taking candy. So we'll see how it goes. Um, now, there's something that I shared up on Facebook. Let me see if I can find it and pull it up. Because this was a hit and a half. Uh, and it was a few days ago. And what it turned into was, holy cow. Um, I will be nice and not use my naughty, naughty cuss cuss words. It was a storm of pooty. Um, and I just, I don't understand people. So I wanted to share it with you guys because that's the best way to do it. So I'm more, uh, but it was basically what's going on in the state of Illinois. Uh, my friend had shared it, my friend, Nicole. So of course we, we grabbed it and shared it there as well. And in the state of Illinois, what they're trying to do is make it so you have to register your dog. So registering your dog. Nope, I am not seeing it on here, oh, which happens. Of course it happens. Um, they choose what they're going to share again. Uh, so I'm going to have to try to re- think if I can remember this all off of memory, which doesn't always work. Um, in the state of Illinois, what they want you to do is take your dog in and do a voluntary registration for it, for service dogs. Um, take them in and go to the... Uh, have a doctor sign off on them, have a registered trainer sign off on it. Nicole, yes. Do you remember exactly what it is? Because I cannot find it. Uh, Have a registered trainer sign off on them um, and get an ID. And what I posted is, here's the problem with that, is there's no such thing as a registered dog trainer. I do, I am registered. My dream dog's business is registered. Does that mean I'm a registered trainer? I don't know. I don't know if that means I'm a registered trainer. Um, Not registered as if you would think like I'm registered by passing the bar. Like it's not that at all. Um, I think Deb just sent me a link. We're going to see if this link came up. Yeah. Okay. So here's what it says is veterans for canines for veterans and Republic representative LaShawn Ford introduced the service animal registry bill. Canines for veterans is proud to announce that we are once again, partnering with representative LaShawn Ford Democrat eighth district to introduce a bill to the Illinois legislature. The service animal registry bill will require verification by a licensed animal trainer that an animal can perform a specific task for its owner. The owner will submit the verification to the state of Illinois and receive a service animal ID that can be shown as proof of an authentic service animal. We congratulate Representative Ford and his con- for his continuing support of veterans and animals, as well as partnership with Canines for Veterans. This bill, in bold at the bottom, is intended to address the growing issue of fake service dogs. So our friend Nicole had... Um, had, had posted it. And so I, I grabbed it and shared it. And in the post, I wrote, there's a few things wrong with this bill. First is there's no such thing as a licensed animal trainer. Second, if there is such thing as a licensed animal trainer, you want dog specific. If you're a licensed elephant trainer, you shouldn't be able to, um, to decide if a dog is a service dog or not. Right. So it, it could be a certified dog trainer because there are certifications for dog trainer. It could be a trainer of service dogs. Like you need to be more specific because licensed animal trainer is wrong. 
um, that an animal can perform a specific task for its owner, but it does say nothing about public access. So even if the dog performs a specific task for the owner, first it has to mitigate their disability. So the fact that my dog can... Hmm, let's see here. Stand in a block in front of me. If I don't need that to mitigate my disability, it is not a service dog task. For example, if my dog knows, um, get me a beer from the fridge, right? That's not a service dog task unless I need that and I cannot do it on my own. Okay. So, so there's two things right there. Licensed, licensed trainer, animal trainer, three things, and perform a specific task for its owner. I mean, each and every one of you guys who have dogs, your dog will perform a specific task for you, right? Your dog will sit whenever you open a door. There's a specific task for you. Um, And then the owner will submit it to the state of Illinois and receive a cert. But again, there's nothing, fourth problem, there's nothing about public access in this at all. So the dog could be an Uber jerk out in public, but he performs one specific task for his owner, says licensed elephant trainer over there. And they'll receive a service animal ID that can be shown as proof of an authentic service animal. Well, first, one of my, I'll get to my pet peeve in a minute, which is I don't believe in, but say I decide to go visit my friend Nicole in Illinois from Florida, and I drive up to Illinois, and I have my service dog with me, but because I don't live in Illinois, I don't have my authentic animal ID. And we go out someplace together. She goes into, we go into Chicago to the Mr. Museum of Science and Industry, right? We go there. She has her ID to show me. You cannot do this. So why then do people do these things? Well, you, you saw it was for canines for veterans, which I'm assuming <coughs> is a, uh, is a uh, service dog organization that puts out service dogs. So why they do this is they want it to be, look, our service dogs are the legit ones. Our service dogs are the one that should count. And this is similar to the POSPO that's coming up through um, in Florida. Our service dogs are the ones that should count. Therefore, owner trainers, I'm talking to you here. Your dogs must not be legit. And all service dogs should come through us. And in fact, this growing issue of fake service dogs, I don't think is a growing issue of fake service dogs. I think it's a growing issue of untrained service dogs. I mean, yeah, there's always going to be the people who want to bring their dog with them. But maybe they have a disability that you just don't know about, but it's the untrainedness that's the problem. So untrained service dogs are the issue, not fake service dogs, okay? What's an untrained service dog? I still have a disability, and I have a dog, but my dog's not trained up yet. Is that a fake? Technically, but it's not the fake that you're thinking of, which is the little yappy dog who's growling, barking, lunging, and trying to kill your dog. So what had happened was one of these service dog organizations decided to start promoting this as a problem. And it's fun to jump on the bandwagon and say, yeah, those fake service dogs are the devil. But the problem is, is it the fakes or is it the untrained? And then how do we help so that's not the issue anymore? And so then back to what I was going to rant about earlier, the um, proof of an authentic service animal, it's kind of the whole, well, I don't believe in And I get people all the time who tell me, I don't believe in e-collars. I don't believe in prong collars. I don't believe in negative reinforcement. And I'm like, well, like, honey, you cannot believe in them, but they still exist. It's kind of like, and if there's any little kids, plug their ears, like, 
I don't believe in trolls. I don't believe in fairies. I don't believe in Santa. I don't believe in the Easter Bunny. Well, like, prove to me that they exist, right? I don't believe in prong collars. Well, like, if I had a prong collar in my hand, here's a prong collar right here. Do you see it? Yes, you see it. It actually exists. Then you can't not believe in them, right? You have to believe in them if they actually exist. And it is one of my pet peeves because everybody does it. A licensed dog trainer would verify that your dog does at least one task and send that to the state. Yeah. Uh, and then a lot of people who self-train. Uh, Nicole says she was denied a few weeks ago to a store, and the first reason given was no ID or papers in Illinois. Um, and Jennifer says, my husband's service dog is for alert for TIAs. I don't know what that is. And migraines. So, and there's different things too. So Gypsy will do medical alert and light mobility candy's more for mobility right now. I haven't really taught her medical alert stuff. We're going to work on pick up stuff because that would be really nice. You know, so dogs can be different. Michelle says if she sees an untrained dog, she goes in the opposite direction. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm one of those too. Like I'm not going to let my dog greet your dog. No. Um, even your poopsie flu, you know, pet dog. No, just leave me alone. I'm doing my stuff. Resting bitch face on, you know, don't do it. But uh, so one of these people go and comment on there and say that. So I'm going to ask your opinions here too. the AKC canine good citizen test. Oh, now if all service dogs would pass that test, a mini stroke. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think um, da- uh, Rich's dad has those. Um, I'm sorry to hear that, Jennifer. Uh, so um you know, CGC, though, like, Django passed the CGC at six months old. Erin passed it after three weeks with us. Um, Candy, we need to test her for it. I'll probably test her, see if um, Karen wants to do that while we're gone, because she will she should be able to pass it at this point. But there's, it's just aggravating and annoying. Uh, a CGC isn't the be-all and end-all. The CGC is something that good pet dogs should be able to do. Any service dog with worth his salt should be able to get his canine good citizen along with the advanced two canine good citizens, the urban and the community, the advanced for it, and the novice trick dog title. Any service dog worth his salt should be able to pass those. And if your dog can't, then he still better be in training. But that doesn't mean, because this has come up before, that doesn't mean that this dog is a service dog because he passed the canine good citizen or any of those. Because if I have a pet dog, and my pet dog passes that, it doesn't make that dog a service dog. And if you put that the requirement is that he has to pass these tests that are open to pet dogs and any dog who passes these tests, are gonna, they're going to say that it's a service dog. See, I pass the same test as a service dog does, but that is not how it can go. It can't. So for that, uh, what we require, not really require, but what we highly, strongly, super recommendutious is the star puppy, if he's under a year, the C canine good citizen, which is the CGC, the advanced CGC and the urban and the public access test and one good task. More than one's fantastic, but at least one good task. So we have that and that is our baseline. And we also highly recommend that whenever we do these tests with your dog, have somebody on to videotape it because Rich is usually administering the test and I'm the second person who does whatever need to be done and has the second service dog. 
So I'm not videotaping while I'm doing that. So, you know, bring a friend, bring a spouse, bring a family member to videotape your test. So you have proof that on this day, here's how your dog was acting. And even if not, you do have the form saying, you know, you've got that. Uh, Record your dog doing at least one task. Put it on one of those USB drive memory sticks. Upload it to YouTube. Keep it private so no one else sees it. But then you have it on your memory stick. You have it on your hard drive. You have it on the computer. And you have all of these. And then you're going to take that memory stick. And you're going to put it in one of those, um, in the three ring binder pencil pouch that you get and it sticks in there. You're going to put it in there. So everything is in your three ring binder. When we got Gypsy's hip and elbow x-rays, they gave us a copy of the x-ray on that. Guess where it went? It went in her binder. Because if I would have put it in my desk, I would have lost it 20 times by now. But it's in her binder. Okay. So I highly recommend that to cover yourself. So whenever I mentioned about that, um, one of these people who were commenting caught on and said that uh, I must be supporting the fakes because a Canon Good Citizen is a very hard test to pass. And um, she asked if I gave certification out to my clients. And I said, I usually don't because I personally don't think training is ever done. And if I said, okay, your dog's done, he knows one good task. What happens if you want to teach him six good tasks, Right. You know, I don't ever want to stomp that. But if, if, any, if I have anybody who says, I just had somebody today we were talking and she said she's having a hard time with, uh, with something that she shouldn't be having a hard time with, which everyone who has a service dog has been in this situation before. I told her what I'm going to tell you guys right now. Etsy and Amazon have ID cards. Do them up. Not as an ID card, but as a kind of in case of emergency card right? Because airlines are getting smart and they're not taking you if you show them you have an ID card. But if you have a case of emergency card or something from the program that you went through, which I just ordered a couple, if they do good, we'll see about how it goes with with um, Dream Dogs and with Hope. You know, that would be fantastic because to get the whole laminator machine is a couple thousand dollars. And I don't want that. I don't want that responsibility of having that and having to do them up for everybody. If I can order them online for that's even better. So I told her that. I told her, print up a certificate. Saying, you know, like if they want a certificate, what's the difference between you paying $60 to $300 or more for a certificate and you printing off one on your computer, right? So then, therefore, she uh, she's like, oh, you know, tells me what a devil I am for, for suggesting that I do this. I'm like, I'm not telling you to misrepresent your dog as a service dog. If your dog is not a service dog, don't do it. Because there are laws out that you will get in trouble for it. And saying, well, Vicky told me to do it on her podcast. No, Vicky didn't tell you to do it in her podcast. Vicky said, behave, be good, and don't misrepresent your dog as a service dog. And if your dog's not trained up enough to be a service dog, don't take him out in public as a service dog. Okay. So here, my fiance thinks I would need paperwork for a service dog. You don't. Depending on what state, but not in Florida. Jennifer says we do agree that there needs to be some type of law to protect our service dogs. So some states have it. It's just a matter of have any of them been used? Has anyone been prosecuted for having a fake service dog? I don't think they have. I honestly, truly don't think that any person has been prosecuted for having a fake service dog because I have not heard about it. And I would have heard about it in the circles I'm in. So if you know of somebody who was prosecuted for having it, Please let me know, because otherwise it's the feel-good law, right? Michelle says she's in Delaware, and Bailey's not a service dog, but I want to train her for 
how can I do this? I put her on my chest during a panic attack and got out of the panic attack. I'm not talk, taking her out in public. This is a home task. That's great. Um, for that, she has to do it, though. So you putting her on the chest and having her down, I don't know if that really is going to count as it. Yes, she has to be still during it. Um, but there, there's a lot to do there, Michelle. And Blake says, yeah, a CGC is very easy, basic pet test and any service dog should be able to pass. Right? Right, Blake? I totally agree with you. So, so yeah, so we're working on that. Um, one of the things that Deb is doing, and if she was on here and talking, you could hear her, um, is she's trying to get in touch because uh, Florida, I'll just share with you a wee little bit here once I find it. Here is um, the thing that's coming. Jennifer says she's in Florida. She thinks it's smart to have some sort of ID for the service dog. Yeah, I agree. I think you need some sort of ID, if nothing else, to show that this is the dog's name and the dog's breed, right? Um, I don't know why, but, you know, and why, okay, and you guys might have heard the story before. I had a small dog out with me who was not vested because we didn't have a vest that small and the owner had ordered a vest but it hadn't come in yet. Uh, we went out to lunch at a restaurant in Gainesville. And after we were seated at a table, a two-person table, because it was me and Rich, uh, we had a, three friends say that they were going to come and join us, three or four friends. So we asked for a bigger table. So like, sure, right this way. And they brought us to the front and they just left. They're like, wait here. And they just left. And I'm like, well, when are you coming back to seat us? And they're like, yeah, we're not seating you. Because we don't believe that's a service dog. Now, the dog walked in on her own. She was a little, like, Maltese-type dog. Walked in on her own, right underneath the table, lay down right between my legs. Like, there was no problems, just small dog, right? It was a small dog. And uh, and they just didn't believe. So it was a Mexican restaurant. Like I said, one of my trainers spoke Spanish. Well, she understood Spanish. She didn't speak it very well. And so she listened as he called up the owner, as the manager called up the owner, and I don't understand Spanish unless it's on the Mexican restaurant menu. But what he was saying is, I just don't believe it is a service dog. They're claiming it's a service dog. I just don't believe them because the dog's a small dog. So we called up the, uh, the sheriff to make a report showing that they were denying a service because of it, but the sheriff never came out. And it was then that I thought, you know, this is a pain in the butt to deal with. Like, I should not have to deal with this. I only have so many spoons during a day, and I cannot waste my spoons on something stupid like this. And every single one of you who have been in this situation have to agree with me on that. Um, so if it's easier to get an identification for the dog, by George, I'll get an identification for the dog. And we had made up a few of them. Arrow had one or two. Um, but what we're doing is, um, you know, we're doing those. Um, Jennifer said chip number, maybe tasks. I put down their AKC registration numbers because they wanted a registration number. I'm like, there you go. Uh, you know, name what they do and, um, you know, like mobility or medical alert. Uh, my name and their name and then a picture of them. So, um, so this, Deb and I both shared it. This is the pause bill, the Puppies Assisting Wounded Service Members for Veterans Therapy Act. And just glancing through this, it's in the House as of September 12, 2019. So first on dog training therapy, are they talking about therapy dogs or service dogs? So even right there in that very first line, they need to get their act together. Um, so it says here, an average of 20 veterans died by suicide each day in 2014. 
Uh, So if we can help that, isn't that a good thing? Which, of course, it's a good thing. But therapy dogs are not service dogs, right? Uh, There are two different things. Therapy dogs do not get to go out in public with you. They just get to go to pet-friendly locations and places where they're welcome. So here then it says about provide service dogs um, to veterans. So they want to work with 501c3s who provide service dogs to veterans with PTSD. And it is credited by or adheres to standards comparable to those of an accrediting organization with demonstrated experience, national scope, and recognized leadership in the expertise in training of service dogs and education in the use of service dogs. Okay. What they're talking about is doing a grant, Uh, a wellness certification for a licensed veterinarian for any dog participating. What do they need a health certificate? Because what is technically a wellness certification? I know what a health certificate is. Uh, Ensure that veterans participating in the pilot program receive training from certified service dog training instructors. There's no certified service dog training instructors. There's no, there's certified dog trainers, but certified service dog trainers, there's a few places that are putting them out. Most of them are for money. You want to be a certified service dog trainer? Just send me four low, low payments of whatever, and you might get your certification. Uh, agreed, Agreed to provide lectures on service dog training methodologies and practice hands on and grooming. Good. Um, And then something that annoys me, agree not to use shock collars or prong collars as training tools and to use positive reinforcement training. Well, first, I don't use shock collars. I use remote collars or electronic collars, but they're not shock collars. That's a piece of crap that you buy for $20 on Amazon. Prong collars, yes, I do use because when you're dealing with people who have mobility issues, any pool can really send them in for a tailspin. For example, I can now say I have airless downless syndrome. And I can walk a dog on a prong collar that's a, a jerk normally can put my shoulder up for a year because it's happened before. Um, and to use positive reinforcement training, every trainer that I know of uses positive reinforcement training. There is not one trainer that I know of who never says good, yes, gives them pets, gives them food. Not one trainer that I know of does not do any of that. So every trainer does that is basically what I'm getting at. So, yeah, so that's just in these first few. So Deb's trying to get in touch with the people um, because it just gets a little bit ridiculous. Jennifer says, we get that all the time. Nika is only 15 pounds, and she literally sits on my husband's lap. So at restaurants, I would not have a dog on the lap or in a chair or on a chest. I think at the restaurants, the dog needs to be on the floor between your legs, between your feet. Um, Blake says, it's a bill only for veterans. What about disabled handlers that aren't veterans? They're people, too. Blake, you just asked the million-dollar question. Why veterans? Why veterans? Because the VA has money. And if you say veteran, people say, thank, thank you for your, your, your contribution to our country. And that's it. Do you know how many people we get, Blake, who come to us for PTSD and anxiety? Because we will help them even if they aren't veterans. Most places that provide PTSD and anxiety, dogs will only do so if you are a veteran. They will not do so if you are not a veteran. If you're not a veteran, who cares? Wrong. That is so wrong on so many levels. But why veteran is the VA has money. So this grant that they're talking about, basically each veteran is going to have a $25,000 fund. 
And if you can get a dog for $5,000, then you can get five dogs in your lifetime, right? But we also know that these things change up all the time. Just in the last 10 years, they've been trying to to do trials to see if they can put out as many dogs as what they need for these veterans. And so it can get changed up at any time. Okay. But yeah, like it's only for veterans. So there's also, there was one, Deb, do you remember this one? I think it was last year or two. Um, they wanted pet co-trainers to be the official evaluators. God, I can't even say that with a straight face. I'm sorry. They wanted Petco trainers to be the official evaluators for these service dogs. And it was only for veterans. Um, But they were trying to put this together. And again, it was only veterans. And then whenever it was done, these veterans would have certified service dogs from these Petco trainers. Uh, But anyone else who had a service dog was up a creek. And it can't be that way. So in order for it not to be that way, what do we have to do, guys? As service dog handlers, we have to demand more and demand equality. Okay, since Dev says it's in subcommittee, big changes from the original and the new one. Yep, and it is only for veterans. Now, Nicole says IACP does have their service dog certification. Yes, and they are now actually grandfathering it in. But here's the problem with that. (coughs) I help owner trainers train up their own dogs. I've trained in full my dogs, but I don't train in full for dogs and place them at a year or two old. Now, when Gypsy has her puppies, well, we, we will be keeping one or two of them to train up and either place them as started service dogs or place them as fully trained service dogs. But that's a bit of an issue. And Deb just says, well, I tried to share, but Facebook said it violated community standards and kicked her off. And Jennifer says, no, in the stores, at the restaurant, she automatically goes under the table and talks, perfect, Jennifer, perfect. I love that. And Michelle says she has PTSD and anxiety. Uh, Larissa said, I had the hardest time finding a trainer before I found you that would train a dog for my PTSD because I'm not a veteran. I'm an abuse survivor and my PTSD is just as real. Props for a veteran, but we need help too. Exactly. Larissa, do you know how much I love, I'm looking forward to our meeting tomorrow as well, but do you know how much I love helping people like yourself who have PTSD anxiety, who have medical conditions, who have mobility issues and able to help you get the freedom to live life to the fullest. I love what I do. I can help so many people. And this is one question I get a lot is, well, when's the start time? How long of a wait time? You start when you work with us, you start with the online course, group classes, our semi-private sessions, which are small custom group classes and our private training. You don't do boot camp until your dog's at least six months old or older and completely house trained. Okay. So we get you in then when we can. If we start you off as an eight week old puppy, we can kind of look at the future and say it'll be around here, but we don't cement you in. So we can start a lot of dogs. We can work a lot of dogs. So the start time, there's not, there's no three to five to seven year wait time. Can you imagine if it was a seven year wait time? You have to live with this disabling pain in the butt condition for seven years? How fair is that? It's not. And Teresa said those trainers are mentioned again in the bill. And, ah, Deb says Petco gave canines for warriors $2 million. Teresa says, yeah, the Petco ones. So then there's this organization that Deb just shared here, guys, called Service Dogs for Veterans. Okay. Service Dog for Veterans. So you can get on there and you can see what they do. It's service dogs, the number four vets.org. Okay. 
Um, there's three here in Florida. But let's look at membership and see how to become a member. Now, those of you who know that we do Dream Dogs, right, which is our for-profit business, helping owner trainers like yourself, uh, we also started up Hope Service Dogs. Now, Hope Service Dogs is our 501c3 nonprofit, and we have four key points that we do through Hope Service Dogs. I'm going to pull those up so I can read them and get them right. HopeServiceDogs.org should be it. Nope, it's HopeServiceDogs.org. Oh, gosh, really? HopeServiceDogs.org. I guess I see another domain I have to go out and buy. So we are, we did get our official stamp of approval for being a 501c3 nonprofit because only 501c3 nonprofits can apply for some of these organizations. So we needed this. I needed it so we can eventually join ADI, which is Assistance Dogs International, as much as it kills me. If you don't join them, you're going to be left in the dirt in the future. So Hope's mission is to provide disabled owners with professional training and support in all aspects of training their service dog, helping them, right, training and support, to provide and sustain professionally trained service dogs and companion dogs, because, again, not all service dogs are going to make it. Not all people need a service dog. To provide support, information, and guidance to the service dog community. Check. We're already doing that. To provide education to business to the public, to businesses, and to the disabled community as to the rights of the disabled person while using a service dog and the benefits of service dogs. Check. So we're halfway there, right? Which is awesome. Um, The next is going to be the training. And then finally, whenever we are good, because I knew it had to be a multi-step thing. And whenever we were planning this out, we can't just say, we have no money. We have nothing planned. But let's go and um, put out, you know, 20 dogs this year. And even if we were going to put out 20 dogs this year, that's going to be a big undertaking because where are we going to store these 20 dogs? Where are we going to put them? Um, I don't have kennels here. The dogs are here. And if I have 20 dogs here for that, I have no dogs of my own and no client dogs then. So I would much rather work with owner trainers with that because there's still, um, you know, there's still the need for, for helping owner trainers. Here, Nicole says there's a clarification, fake service dog law, the canine for veterans, this is the Illinois one, needs to clarify any misunderstanding that our post has caused. <coughs> it would never be our intention to dishonor or disrespect individuals with service animals or their trainers, and for that misunderstanding, we apologize. We are committed to providing and training service dogs for a population of veterans. We know that the Americans with Disabilities Act, Titles 2 and 3, states a service animal is trying to do work, perform tasks for an individual with a disability. Protection for individuals with disabilities and their service dogs is critically important. A growing concern exists, however, about those individuals who falsely represent an animal as a service dog. Again, this is something that was started, trying to remember one, maybe 10 years ago from, I believe it was CCI, Canine Companions for Independence, to say that their dogs are better than the owner-trained dogs. But anyway, uh, in response to this reality... almost half, 23 of the states have passed fake service dog laws. Occurrences of fake service dog animals is a problem that negatively impacts those individuals with actual service dogs. We want to work towards solving the fake service dog problem. We seek the help of any individuals who wants to address the problem. Working together, we can lessen the occurrences of fake service animals. Nicole, I like that a lot more, and I totally think you need to talk to them about it. Because it's not, 
that they're coming out. These people, a lot of them honestly feel like they do better with their dog, even if their dog just makes them happy. That is not a service dog. There needs to be a clear definition of what a service dog is, right? So this is what I said, you know, in total, right? There needs to be a, a, what is a service dog? Do work and perform tasks for a person with a disability. So you need to have somebody sign off on, yes, I have either seen video of the dog doing these tasks or I have seen the dog doing these tasks. Why? Because if the dog learns that you're about to have a seizure, you shouldn't wait and have a seizure to say, see, (laughs) right? Well, how else can you do it? Well, maybe that you've done the training and explain how the training is done. And somebody asked, well, then everyone would have to have the same tasks. Wouldn't they? No, they wouldn't have to have the same tasks. I can check off on a task if I see that, you can't see and your dog is guiding you, check the dog's a guide dog, right? If I if you can't hear and your cell phone rings and your dog bops you with his nose, check, that's a task. Um, maybe you want to do it twice or three times. If I drop something and say, oops, a gypsy comes and picks it up for me so I don't have to bend over and get all woo-woo dizzy, that's a task, check. Um, if, if I can use candy for bracing, that's a task, check, Right? Um, it, it doesn't have to be every single thing your dog's ever done, but there needs to be that. There needs to be a letter. Oh, this is a good one I wanted to share. A letter from the doctor saying you would benefit from having a service dog or documentation of your condition. Huh. So I just went to the new doctor in Clearwater, Dr. Trevina, and I logged in. Uh, excuse me. I logged into the patient portal, right? And it says in there, Erlodanlos, no cardiogenic syncope. Pots, a couple other things. I printed that up, one copy, and it put it, I put it in Candy's binder because Candy's the one coming with me this weekend. Right? You all can do that. Y'all have, probably have access to patient portals showing it, even if your doctor doesn't want to write a letter because it would be, uh, it could come back to bite him in the butt. You have the doctor saying, I mean, at least write down, write down here that I have PTSD. Write down here that I have anxiety and it's super bad. You're not saying I benefit from having a service record. You're just telling me what I have. Or give me a copy of my record so I can put down with the dog file, right? So something saying you need it, proof that your dog does something, and then something out in public, a public access test, not a canine good citizen, guys. Canine good citizen's gravy. You should have that anyway. It's super easy, barely an inconvenience. So you have those three things, you know, like, why not? Like, I wouldn't mind it. Like, if my dog can't perform out in public to demonstrate this, now here's the problem. Where do you get it at? For the disability placards, you take a form to the doctor. The doctor fills it out, gives it back to you. You take it to the DMV. Bang, for free, you get your handicap placard. <coughs> at least that's how it is in Florida. So what if you did something like this, where you get something from the doctor, or the doctor, you know, just saying what conditions you have. Um, something from a, even if you want to use a CGC evaluator, that the dog passed the CGC in the public access test. And then you need something to demonstrate the tasks. Maybe that's the doctor. I don't know. But they have to observe you doing the tasks. Because I've also had, well, my doctor says I get an emotional support service dog. Those are two different things. And this is, too, where proper terminology is key. Okay? So what is an assistance animal? This took me years to figure out. What is an assistance animal? Does anybody know? Well, you guys are doing that. I'm going to read through these. Um, Deb says the original bill specifically named Canine for Warriors, but the new bill generally says organizations. That means the organizations in the previous link, which is that one. And this is who the bill's referring to. 
And Michelle says she has a letter saying she would benefit from having a service dog. So what is an assistance animal? Type it, type away. An assistance animal, are you ready? Is a service dog, emotional support dog, a therapy dog, a police dog, a military dog, any dog who works, a fire department dog who goes and sniffs out where arson was. Any of those is a, an assistance animal because they're providing assistance. So the person who was on there complaining said that here's a letter from the um, housing that she had saying that her assistance animal, blah, blah, blah. And she said, if you would have given me a certificate, a certification and an identification, I wouldn't have had this problem. So first, you're not one of my people. You would never have gotten anything from me in the first place. Second, if my people want a cert- certificate, I'm happy to do one for them once they've hit those markers. Um, third, the problem is what words you used. So I spoke to somebody else who was having a problem um, with, with a hotel. Okay. One of the things I told them is make sure you always use the term service dog or service dog in training. Never just refer to him as just your dog. Never refer to him as a pet. He might be a pet and a service dog, but service dog trumps pet. Okay. Work. The bigger the title, the more you use that. So I have my bachelor's degree, right? I also have my associate's degree and I have my high school diploma. I rarely, if ever, say I'm a high school graduate or I have my associate's degree. I always go with the top one, which is the bachelor's degree. So if you have a doctorate, right, then you're doctor so-and-so. You're not going to say, I have my associate's degree, right? Because you have the doctorate and that is the higher rank. So for service dogs, it's the higher rank. And we need to be clear on what it is. I've had people tell me ESA, emotional support animal, emotional support dog. Um, I've had them say comfort dog. What the heck's a comfort dog? Don't all dogs provide comfort to their owners? So we need to be clear on the verbiage that we use, right? We do. And I think that is one of the key things that if we're going to band together, we need to do this. So going back to the Association of Service Dog Providers for Military Veterans, how to become a member. They only do 501c3s. Um, Joining it, you need the 501c3 status, guide star information, social media, and a website. Oh, we actually have all that. Hope we should totally do this. Um, And then you have to ask things like, oh, I think we're a silver participant in GuideStar through Hope. Um, We have to check everything that applies here. Deb, we need to do this. But, come on, there was something else that was good. Learn about service dogs, maybe that's it. No, that's about under veterans. There was something saying about what it is. National, here we go. Under about is national training standards. You ready for the standards, guys? You ready? You think you're ready? <laughs> the standards include, da 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 da. Yep, yep. Okay, so that defines everything. Then the goals: spayed and neutered, fine age, um, should not begin public access t- training until 17 weeks, and house broken, and all vaccinations. Uh, actually, Dr. Rob suggests waiting until rabies until they're at least six months old. Um, temperament, okay. Health, okay. Size. I'm 24 inches at the shoulder and at least 60 pounds, no taller than 34 inches and no heavier than 99 pounds. So better keep your 99 pound dog. Watch it. (laughs) So it doesn't get to be a hundred pounds. Breeds. Uniformity and documentation. So like some of this stuff is good, right? Puppies. So they want to do star puppy. Prior to graduation, the team will pass the CGC, the CGC advanced and the urban. 
Yeah, of course. Prior to training, a minimum of 240 hours, an additional minimum of 60 hours of public exposure, and a minimum of 60 hours training in public places. I like that a lot. Because I only count my hours out in public. I don't count the hours I spend here training the dogs. For my personal dogs when I'm doing their 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 training logs. But I like that. Um, IAADP, the International Association of Assistance Dog Partners, says .org, IAADP.org, 120 hours in six months. So that's what I use. But I like this much more. Uh, records, application process. Hold on, we're getting to the good stuff. Trust me, guys. Uh, and some of them are good, like no history of animal abuse. That's perfect. That's what it should be. Um, service dog training, specific task training, public access, exercise, classroom, physical tools, progress. Uh, this is, if I would have done my work ahead of time, I could have like had this pulled up. Here we go. You guys ready? This is the big thing. Graduation. Obedience. Heel on a loose leash. Sit down and recall on command. Public access. Demonstrate that they can work in multiple environments without distraction and not be a distraction during public access. Should not bark, growl, lunge, or be disruptive. Well, there should be more. Should be able to be around food. Should be able to be around crowds. Um, tasks. The team will be able to demonstrate proficiency in at least three tasks that have been taught according to the ADA and associated regulations. The only thing the ADA says about tasks is it has to mitigate your disability, okay? Which means make better. It's a fancy word, meaning make better. These tasks may include, if you don't know by the pauses, this is getting to the good stuff, my lap, L-A-P, my lap, cover, block, and or brace. If a service dog has been taught to retrieve or any other task to mitigate, they must proficiently demonstrate those tasks. So you need three tasks. My lap, which is the deep pressure therapy, which we call lap, is one of the easiest to teach. Block and cover is stand in front of me is block, you know, blocking me, and behind me for cover. Embrace is stand still while I put my weight on you. This is why I do... I like to do the mobility stuff. This stuff, the PTSD stuff, this is super easy to teach. Uh, you know, and how we set it up, how we teach the dogs on how to learn, it's super wicked easy to teach. They should demand more, okay? Yes, my lap, I use blocking cover. Like, I try not to, I wouldn't count that as two, but I mean, I guess technically it would be break from a nightmare. Take meds. Um, go pick up something that I dropped. But here it's, it's kind of penalizing you because if a service dog has been taught to retrieve or any other task to mitigate a disability, they must be proficiently, they must proficiently demonstrate those tasks. So this is where too, like they're always learning. So it's, it's just, it's aggravating coming from my side of it where I'm always right and I know everything and everyone should just listen to me. Um, what site uh, is the, uh, let me go back to it because I pulled up this. It is service dogs for vets, the number four org. Here, I'm going to post it. Um, Nicole. Okay, here we go. It's coming up. Okay, and back up here. Yeah, Deb posted it down below. Your your longer one about the clarification. 
Um, so what's on your answer to that one? Larissa said, that mean Finn, who at seven months old would be graduated. He's a good boy, but he has so much left to learn, and they need to hold these dogs to much higher standards. And Larissa, I totally agree with you. Totally agree. And because we started Finn so young, I think he started around four months old, um, one of the nice things with that is you get to shape everything from the get-go. Uh, we're going through, we actually, um, we, what did we do? Went to vocational rehab. One of our clients recommended it a couple years ago and we had tried to apply and I guess we didn't finish it or we weren't accepted, but um, a new client was like, no, do it. I'm like, oh, we already have it here. She goes, just submit it again. So we submitted through Dream Dogs for the, the vocational rehab in Florida, and we were accepted. So we went out to the vocational rehab up here in Leesburg, which is close, and uh, last week, last Wednesday, actually, and met up with them about what, um, about how, how we can help if any of their people need a service dog. And what they asked for is, like, progress reports, you know, a breakdown on training to know what's required when. And it's hard because everything is so custom. Um, so what we did is we, um, we've been working on that <laughs> for like since, I don't think we started Wednesday. I think I started on Thursday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and even today, Tuesday, I've been working on getting these informations, um, progress report, a list of commands, uh, application for hope and for dream dogs application we already have that but we need to have a temperament test coming into it um so we're trying to get all this stuff done up so if you guys have anything to share anything you'd like to see let me know larissa hey you get it tomorrow uh, whenever we see i get to show you everything um so that'll be fun especially the progress report in the list of commands uh, because we want to make sure that we do document everything a lot of times um like when finn was coming in for boot camp uh, she was like, well, what does he need to know for that? And I'm like, as much as we can teach him. Um, but it would be nice if we had, this is what we need for them before they come in. So this is what we can work on. But we've also had dogs that the first time we really work with them is when they come in for boot camp. We have dogs, um, we have uh, Erebos in right now. And Erebos did uh, a couple boarding sessions with us first. And he has taken a boot camp like a champ. So from here on out, if we start with a puppy, we need to to do that from the get-go and have them come in like every other month for, you know, just a couple days for boarding. So it's not anything weird. Uh, Lisa posted here, a long one here. I have a letter from my physician saying I would benefit from a service dog to assist me with my disabilities, to help me mitigate the challenges for my disabilities. He listed all my disabilities and how a service dog would help me with each of them. That is fantastic, Lisa. I put a copy in my service dog and trainings file along with her daily training journal. Basic obedience training certifications showing he has satisfactorily completed those courses. So you're saying I could print my own ID card with her name, breed, AKC number, microchip number, and a picture of her. It's sad that we go to such lengths to protect ourselves as service dog teams. Lisa, I would. Um, again, just to have it, you can put down there. One of the things I have is on the back, I have a, a card in their pouch, right? And it says these are my emergency contacts. These are um, my doctors. The front side is this is my information and these are my issues. So if something would happen, I have it right there, but it'd be better if it was on an ID card. The problem with ID cards gets what's always on the other side is the ADA stuff. So you need both. Um, and, and you do need it. Um, Nicole, Larissa said she can't wait for tomorrow. I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun, Larissa. Oh, and I want to talk to you and see what what's... Well, I'll just tell everybody, guys, Larissa, she does 
homemade soaps. And guess what's coming? Not just Halloween, but Christmas too. So um, Larissa does that. If you want to share your Etsy store, Larissa, that would be awesome. I need to talk to you and find out what flavors you have, scents you have, um, so I can get something up here to uh, have Luke try out and us try out. And uh, so I can order some for Christmas for everybody. Um, Nicole asks, is Hope wanting to raise and place train servants or help owner trainers? Nicole, that is a fantastic question. Right now, help owner trainers. But we also know that it's hard, especially this first, until the pup's six months old, it's a pain in the butt to have a service dog. So we are so lucky to be right next to the villages. And what's the villages? If you're not sure, living up in Illinois, um, the villages is a huge retirement area. So people from all up north come down and move to the villages. And I don't know what the population is, but it's a lot. (laughs) So what I would like to do, because one of the things with doing the programs is you need to have puppy raisers, you need to have trainers, and then they work together. So what a lot of times will happen is the puppy raisers will get the puppies and then to train it, they go into prisons because you get free labor in prison. Like, honestly, that's why. Um, And the prisoners don't have anything better to do so they can train your dog. Here's the problem is dogs don't deserve to be in prison. We have a prison just up the road, a federal prison, um, Coleman. So we could talk with them if we wanted to do it that way. Thank you, Larissa. She just shared it's luxury suds soap. Um, and she said she'll bring me samples tomorrow. Yay. Uh, so we could do the prison route. We could talk to people in the villages and see if anyone's interested in being a puppy raiser. And if they're doing puppy raising, part of the requirements is you have to come to group class at least twice a month, unless you have a really good reason why you're not, you know, take the dog out with you. But I also don't want to reinvent the wheel and some people, some organizations, I want to find out what they're doing and why as well, because I want to do it right. Uh, I know I'm not starting off by doing it, but we'll get to that point. Because, again, I can't have 20 dogs here, but what if we have 20 dogs that are play 